What's up, family? How y'all doing? Welcome to a very special edition to The Word at my church. And I'm your special host for today. Usually you would see Pastor Tucker sitting here today, but today is Brother I Can Tune Day. And uh, I am here, not operating so much as a comedian today, but more as a brother and a friend and as a host guiding us through this very special uh, uh, service today. Now, of course, The Word at my church is a part of the overall expansive My Church universe, I like to call it. Like Marvel has the universe and DC Comics has the universe. Well, my church has the universe and it is growing and expanding very rapidly. Uh, of course, this is a preaching and teaching ministry. So definitely you want to get your notes and get your Bible because you're going to get the word today. I can guarantee you that. And please do us a favor and do yourselves a favor and do a friend a favor and share it with them. The word of God is supposed to be taken to all of the world. And right about now with the technology that we have available to us and all the advancements and just the fact that you're watching me right now more than likely on a live internet stream. This is a great opportunity and you have a mandate to share this message, this word, this service, this link, this information with someone else. So please do so right now, whether it's via text, whether via email, via social media, or just call, the call somebody in the room. Call somebody in the room right now and tell them to come and enjoy this service. Today is a special service. It's a great service for a brother and a friend of mine who we all know. Pastor Lewis Tucker is the co-founder of, of the My Church and the, now the My Church channel. And along with his wife, Pastor Stephanie Tucker, the beautiful woman of God that God blessed him with, they now have two awesome, amazing, beautiful daughters, now adult daughters, uh, in college and growing and ready to take on the world for the kingdom, Kaya and Courtney Tucker. Uh, listen, they, this is a beautiful family, a growing family, and they are doing some great work for God, the kingdom of God in this world, and they deserve honor. Pastor Tucker is celebrating 20 years of pastoral ministry. Now, that's saying a whole lot. All of us know people who started things and then stopped. All of us know people who, uh, just be honest, are not pastoring anymore. Not because they're, they they finished their time and the time has come to an end, but sometimes people stop just because they don't have what's, what's needed to continue on. Something happened, maybe a failure in character or something else. But that hasn't happened to Pastor Tucker, and we give God praise and glory for that. We give God praise and glory for the grace that God has placed on his life to not only continue but to expand and to shift. So today we're celebrating my brother and one of my best friends in this entire world, Pastor Lewis Tucker. He is a giant in ministry and he is growing very fast in, a, in new areas. And I will talk about that a little bit later, but right about now, we want to talk about him. Now, I, I got a chance to learn some things that I, I, that I didn't even know. You know, it's, it's amazing how you think you know somebody and then you read some stuff and you and you and you you learn even new stuff about Pastor Tucker. So, of course, this is let me, I'm going I'm to I'm skim through the bio here and, and, and share with you all some some fun facts about Pastor Tuck. Um, he received this call to preach in 2001. I'm not, I'm not sure he received it. and He answered immediately. <laughs> I'm messing, but <laughs> I tease him all the time. We talk about his his thug days. Pastor Tucker is a former thug, so if you, if you know him, you 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 might have seen him uh, on the street in some uh, uh nah, well maybe some aggressive ways. Maybe you saw me mugging you back in the day, but but he but he's a new man now. I, I don't know if this is in the bio. Pastor Tucker also was a, a former cab driver. 
I don't know if y'all knew that. He was a he was a uh, a skilled cab driver uh, during his college days. Another story. We'll talk about that on the Man Cave on the Ox Show. <laughs> See, I'm, I know I'm gonna get it because I'm messing with him. In 2006, the Lord uh, called the Tuckers to birth the the new birth kingdom church which was relaunched as my church lynchburg in 2017 in january 2022 they transitioned to a totally virtual ministry with a focus on digital outreach utilizing the tools as online teaching and this wonderful virtual bible atmosphere that we have here now let me tell you a little bit about that transition because i was a not only a part of it but i was able to witness it Pastor Tucker made the decision that God was calling him to a new space. That says a whole lot there, because oftentimes, particularly in ministry, we're uh, we are afraid of changing. We're afraid of shift. We are reluctant to go a new path. But I just thank God for a man of God who heard God's call and who made that transition. Of course, you got to think about where Pastor Tucker started at. He started in ministry a year after he got the call. In 2002, he was licensed and ordained as a as pastor and began pastoring in 2023. And from that first church, then, of course, he moved on to his, to his own church, to, to launching and birthing ministry himself. And now he's birthing digital ministry. Now he's birthing ministry that truly is taking him to all the world international. Right now, someone could be watching this in Israel and Russia and Ukraine and Japan and any area of this world. Someone could be watching this right now, all through technology and through the investment and the heart and the faithfulness and the diligence that Pastor Tucker has demonstrated by walking in this new virtual ministry. So today we're celebrating Pastor Tucker, Tucker, uh, Pastor Stephanie, Kaya, Courtney, and the entire family, and the My Church ministerial family. We're celebrating everyone today as we celebrate Pastor Tuck's 20th pastoral anniversary. Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit about uh, how I met Pastor Tucker. I met Pastor Tucker at Pastor Tony Brazelton, who you're going to meet in just a little while if you, you don't know him, uh, at his men's conference a few years ago. And you know how you meet someone and you know this is going to be a long-lasting relationship? That's exactly what happened. And uh, I met him because he had a cool bow tie on. And I love bow ties. He had a denim bow tie. And I was like, yo, that's a fire bow tie. Where did you get that? He was like, my daughter made it. I said, your daughter made it? What? He, was, he said, yeah, my daughter made it. And I was like, well, how can I get my hands on him? He was like, I'll send you some. And not too long after that that first uh, uh, meeting, he sent me a box of bow ties and I started wearing them and started, other people started, well, where you get that from? I, that's a cool bow tie. How can I get that? And I was like, the Kaya by Designs and the folks were going online and order them. But that, that bow tie was the genesis of a relationship that's lasted all these years. And we have been best friends for a very long time. Uh, we talk a lot, we're brothers. And, and that's why I feel very comfortable hosting this pastoral anniversary today because I know him personally. I know him as a friend. I know him as a brother. I've been able to be there for him some tough times he's been able to be there for me in some tough times and that's what friendship is that's what brotherhood is and truth be told that's what pastoral ministry is about being there for people in the tough times so we we are celebrating a friend and a brother today a leader a pastor a true 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 kingdom general in the body of christ pastor lewis tucker let's get this pastoral celebration started 
And we're going to start with Pastor Tucker himself as he comes to introduce our special speaker for today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, first of all, I just want to thank my partner in crime, my, the co-host of the Akintunde Morning Show, Brother Akintunde, for just hosting my anniversary celebration this morning. Uh, wow, 20 years of pastoral ministry, you know, and, and I'm so thankful for to God for just calling me faithful and putting me into ministry because it was not because of my faithfulness that he even allowed me here. And I thank him for just giving me the grace to continue to serve this long and continue to just carry forth the vision that he's given me. I also just want to thank my wife and, you know, my two daughters, Kai and Courtney, because they have continued to serve in ministry with me over this period of time. You know, we I started pastoring you know, around the time Courtney was born. And so this has been a family ministry, all of our, you know, all of their lives. And so we, we just think we're so thankful for that because they have made pastoring easy. They've made pastoring look good as a family, you know, to the world. And so that, and that's our assignment in the body. And I also want to thank the, the My Church family and leaders who continue to support me and support this ministry, this vision that God has given us, even in this new season where we're doing things a little different. And so I'm so thankful for that. But my assignment this morning is is very simple, and that's to introduce the the man of God who's going to break the bread of life this morning, who's going to bring the word. And, you know, he's probably one of the most influential men of God in my life. You know, I met this man about 17 years ago at a men's conference in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. You know, and it was at a time when probably only days after I had— uh, left my first pastorate and was about to birth ministry. And God had led me to seek some advice and counsel from the man who has become my spiritual dad. I didn't know at that time that he would be. And as I was talking to him, he was telling me he was going to be attending this men's conference in New Jersey. And when he told me and I found out whose conference it was, I was like, yeah, I want to go. And so he told me, come on, get in the car. And so I packed a bag and jumped in the car. And the next day we were in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And when we got to the conference, you know, we're at the registration table. And I'm registering at the table. And my, my spiritual dad, Pastor Bullock, had already gone up to his room. And I'm at the table registering. And I see him walk in. And I'd already seen him on TV several times. He was always on television preaching the gospel. And when I saw him, I was kind of taken aback because I was expecting to see this huge entourage and all these bodyguards, but it was just him and his assistant. And so that was the first impression that I had of him that I thought was like amazing because somebody of that stature and caliber in the kingdom, I thought would have come with a lot more pomp and circumstance. But he just reminded me so much of our Lord and Savior who he, 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 he was not surrounded by this pomp and circumstance. He just came in just very simply and plain. And both of us got our, our registration packages and, you know, we walked over to the elevator and I found myself on the elevator with him and his assistant. So I introduced myself and he was just kind and accommodating and, and it was just remarkable to me. Well, the next day after our first morning session, I had gotten a phone call from some of the leadership of my former ministry, and it wasn't a pleasant phone call. 
And it kind of hurt me in my spirit because I had faithfully served them. I had been kind to them. And, and so they, they, they said some mean-spirited things to me. And it was troubling to me. And I had, this pastor, he had said some things, just speaking a word from the Lord, and it spoke to my spirit. And so I approached him to sow a seed into his life. And he invited me back up to his room with a bunch of the other pastors. And so I just followed blindly, not even knowing where I was going. He just asked me, are you coming? And so I just kind of followed the crowd. And the next thing I know, I found myself in his room, sitting in his room, sitting on a stool next to him, talking to him. And he's asking me about my story. And so I'm kind of telling him what had transpired over the, the, the months and days prior. And I'm finding myself emotional and I'm crying because I'm heartfelt hurt by what had just transpired. And as I'm talking to him, he's standing there crying with me. And I'm sitting here beside myself going, God, why is he crying? He doesn't know me. And that was the first time I'd ever seen the heart of a pastor. That was the first time I'd seen the true compassion of God. And it just blew my mind because I said, this man is known all over the world. He's, he's seen all over television everywhere. But he had the compassion to sit and to talk with me and cry with me. And he just met me. And I just saw how things never bothered him. And he said something to me that day that changed my life forever. He said, don't you ever worry about trying to prove anything to anybody. He said, if you just keep living long enough, your life will make a believer out of him. And to that day, I never forgot those words. I've always endeavored to live my life and do my ministry as unto the Lord. And I've always watched the way he trusted God, believed God, and said, that's how I want to live. I've seen others that coveted his, his possessions, his ministry. But all I ever wanted, I told God, I want to trust you and know you the way that he does. And that's always been my desire. And so this morning, I want to introduce you to my spiritual grandfather, the apostle of our faith family, Apostle Tony Brazelton of Victory Christian Ministry International. I'm telling you now, you might want to get a pen and a piece of paper and sit back and prepare to be blessed. Because I'm telling you, this is the man of God. God bless you. Come on, Pastor Tony, feed us. Wow, thank you. Thank you, Pastor Tucker. I mean, I, I think that you and your wife are some of the most amazing people on the planet. And just to be a part of this celebration, I'm so honored to celebrate um, your faithfulness, your commitment, your love, to God and to his people. And I'm just so excited about the stream that God has you flowing in now. And now I have a, an opportunity just to share my heart with you. I want you to know from my house to your house, we, we greatly love you, we appreciate you. We love your son. We love both of those amazing daughters you have. And the church, come on, we appreciate the church. Would you help me, the church, put your hands together for your pastors? Come on, come on, somebody do it with me. Come on, let's celebrate them. 
thank God for the courage that they had to do something different. Wow. Love you for it, son. Appreciate you so much. Now, uh, I got a word for you in this season that I believe it's life changing. And I just want you to just get your hearts ready because God is doing some amazing things. You know, prior to this, God said to me yesterday, there's a wind of change coming. He said, some wind brings destruction. He said, but other winds bring change. And so there is this change that is coming. And I think that your pastors will be forerunners of this change that God is bringing upon the planet. This church will be a part of it. I will be a part of it. And it's exciting to know that God is doing something different and you are a part of it. Well, this morning, I want to talk to you about living in response to the Father. Somebody say living in response to the Father. You know, when you think about we live in two worlds, we live in the the natural world, but we also live in this spiritual world as well. And in the God that we serve, he only lives in one world. He lives in the supernatural naturally. And God needs people who will be an example of what's possible. He, he needs people who will be an example of the supernatural. And so he wants us to be examples of what's possible with our gifts, but he wants us to be an example of what's possible with our lives. You know, many times we say to God, God, I'll use me, Lord. We even pray for God to use us. And what we're really saying is, God, use my gifts. But I want you to know that God not only wants to use your giftings, God wants to use your life. Now, here's a thought for all my note takers that I want you to just to to focus in on, that your starting place guarantees your outcome. I need you to hear me now, that your starting place guarantees your outcome. If you start with God, God has already assigned an outcome to it. Then if you start with the world, there's an outcome to it. So I want you to know that if you start with God, it guarantees you the supernatural. So we will start to live supernaturally when we have a revelation of who our father is and what that means to us. Let me just say it to you this way. We are learning what what God wants to be to us so that we can know what we can be to every situation and circumstances that we're confronted with. Did you get that? We're learning what God wants to be to me. See, the question is, is when you're facing things, the question that you should ask, what does God want to be to me in this situation? Because when you discover what that is, you discover what you can be for God in that situation. You know, our father doesn't have physical limitations. You know, our heavenly father, Jesus doesn't have physical limitation. Whether you know it or not, you and I don't have physical limitations either. We put limitation on our lives when we live by man's wisdom and not by the wisdom of God. The apostle Paul said to the church in Corinthians, He said, stop living under an illusion. 
Let's read that in the Passion Translation in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 18 through 23. Paul writes to the church and he says this, so why fool yourselves and live under an illusion? Why do that? Why fool yourselves and live under an illusion? So my question to you and I, then what is the, the illusion? Or what is an illusion? The illusion is we're less than what we are. The illusion is we're poor, powerless, and needy. The illusion is our Heavenly Father is unable to keep us healthy without relying on the physical world. The illusion is our belief that we must conform to the standards that our body suggests, that we will break down, we will wear down, and we're subject to the forces of this physical world. That's an illusion. I need you to know that. You know, we're not saying that things won't take place in your life. We're not saying that you won't face situations and circumstances. But what we're saying, that because Christ has overcome the world, you overcome all the influences of the world. You know, I like what the Bible says in John chapter 16. And we'll, we'll go back a minute. In John 16, verse 33, in the passage translation, it says this. He says, everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you. Now, I need you to understand Jesus' objective is to mentor you and I. We're living in a time where coaching is huge, where Jesus is coaching us. And he says, everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows, but you must be courageous for I have conquered the world. Somebody said God has conquered the world. So, you know, the apostle Paul is telling us that don't live under the illusions of the world. Why? Because God has conquered it. Let's continue to go back and read in 1 Corinthians chapter chapter 3, verses 18. He says, so why fool yourselves and live under an illusion? He says, make no mistake about it. If anyone thinks he is wise by the world's standard, that's an illusion. He will be made wiser by being a fool for God. I love that. You'll be wiser by being a fool for God. But what the world says is wisdom is actually foolishness in God's eyes. As it is written, the cleverness of the know-it-alls becomes the trap that enslaves them. And again, the Lord sees right through the clever reasoning of the wisdom and the know-it-alls that it will bring nothing but shame. Now, I need you to see that. Again, the Lord sees right through the clever reasoning of the wise and knows that it's all a scam. It's all a sham. Are you hearing me? So don't be proud of your allegiance to any human leader. Listen to me. Uh, you know, don't put your, your faith and trust in 
the human wisdom of the world and what their leaders have to say to you. He says, for actually you already have everything and it has been given to you as a benefit. Listen, tell you somebody, everything has already been given to me. You know, I love what the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 in the New King James Version. It says that God used his divine power to give us all things that pertain to life and godliness. I love it. But notice, it's through the knowledge of him. He's already provided those things. But for us to take possession of what he's provided for us, it comes by way of the knowledge of him. And so if I'm not seeing God's provision for life, God's provision for godliness, I'm not seeing what's possible. I'm not seeing the supernatural be naturally in my life. Then it's a knowledge issue. Because God has provided all things. Somebody say all things through the knowledge of him that have called us to glory and to virtue. God has called us to to a supernatural lifestyle. He's called us to live in what is impossible for men, but it's not impossible for you and I. Paul goes on to say to them in verse 22, he said, whether it is Paul or Apollos or Peter the rock, or whether it is the world or life or death, or whether it is present or the future, everything belongs to you. That is so powerful. Right now, in your present state, no matter where you find yourself, God is telling you everything belongs to you. Somebody say everything belongs to me. And now you are joint to the Messiah who is joint to God. That is so powerful that you and I realize that that Jesus models for us how to do life. Now, when you think about Jesus is this perfect theology, like father, like son, like father, like daughter. Anything that you don't see in the ministry, in the life of Jesus, you can question whether it is like the father. You can question whether or not you have a right to it. Because Jesus came to reveal to you and I what the Father's like. Now think about it. What did Jesus come to do? We can make a list of the things that he came to do and what he came to accomplish. He came to die. He, he, he came to bring a kingdom. He came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to set the captives free. He came to open the blind eyes and to raise the dead. He came to bring heaven on earth. <clears throat> All of those things, when you think about, are just sub points to the primary point for which Jesus came. And it's so easy to get caught up in those sub points and miss why Jesus came to the earth. Jesus came to reveal to you and I, the Father. Everything was about revealing who the Father is to us. Why? Because here's what God wants to be to you so that you know what you can be in any situation and circumstance and in life. So <clears throat> think about it. Everything that Jesus came to do was to reveal to you and I, the Father. 
He said in John chapter 10, verse 30 in the New King James Version, I and my father are one. He said in John 14, verse 7 through 14 in the New Living Translation, he's talking to Philip. He says, if you had really known me, you would have known my father. He says, from now on, you do know him, who the father, and you have seen him, who the father. And Philip says, Lord, show us the father and we will be satisfied. And Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip? And yet you still don't know who I am? And that, that makes me think about it. When we look at Jesus, do we think and realize that Jesus is revealing to you and I who the father is? <clears throat> He says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me, show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? And the words that I speak are not my own, but the Father who lives in me does his work through me. Oh, this is going to be so good when you realize the point that Jesus is trying to get. You know, he is trying to mentor you. He's trying to coach you in a relationship that makes you as productive as Jesus was in the earth. <clears throat> That's what he's doing. He is causing his disciples to come along and he's coaching them. Like, so that you, you have the same access and, and can be as productive as Jesus was while he was in the world, earth. And so Jesus says to them in verse 11, he says, just believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me, or at least believe because the works you have seen me do. He says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done. Can you see what Jesus is trying to mentor you? He's mentoring you in the supernatural. He's mentoring you to be able to be a reflection of your father. And, and your father lives in the supernatural naturally, and he's getting you to learn how to do that naturally. You know, I was in church Sunday, and my wife and I, we were preaching together, and, and I saw this woman who was standing in the audience fall back in her seat, and she began, she grabbed her knee. And so I stepped away from the pulpit, and while everyone was standing, I sat beside her, and I put my hand on her knee. <clears throat> and within seconds, her swollen knee, it was no longer swollen. And she looked over and she says, my God, my knee is not swollen anymore. And she began to, to move her knee. That was just done supernaturally. It wasn't done where the people around me could see it and, and it could be accolades concerning that. It was just doing life supernaturally, naturally. <clears throat> and so when we <clears throat> read the scriptures, that's what Jesus is coaching you in. That's what Jesus is coming to reveal to you. This relationship that you have with Father is positioning you to be able to produce the same work that he produced and also greater works than these. And so when we read the story about Jesus, Jesus is really telling Philip, all of my response to people is revealing to them the Father. <clears throat> so when we read the stories of Jesus, these are father and son moments. These are father and daughter moments. 
when we read the story in John chapter 5, when Jesus healed the man who had been disabled for 38 years. Somebody say 38 years. <clears throat> it was Jesus revealing to this disabled man who the father is. And so we read in John chapter 5, verse 5 in the New Living Translation. It says one of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him, he knew that he had been ill for a long time. And he asked him, would you like to get well? And, and I believe that that's what our response will be to the world. That our response will be to the world when we realize what God is to us and what we can be to this world is our question to them will be the same. Would you like to be well? And of course, the man's response was based on the physical world. He says, he said, I can't, sir, the sick man says, for I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is bubbling. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Now, I need you to see what's taking place here. See, Jesus is trying to mentor us in the supernatural. And in order to be mentored in the supernatural, it has everything to do with understanding who God is to you and what you can be in any situation when you realize who he is to you. Jesus said, to, do you want to be well? And that question can address so many issues across the board. Do you want to be prosperous? Do you want to be blessed? Do you want to be? And so, but most of us, you know, sometimes our thought goes to the natural. You know, why we can't be prosperous, why we can't be wealthy, why we can't be healed, why we can't, why we can't. And see, and Jesus never dressed it. Jesus just said, stand up, pick up your bed and walk. And the Bible says, and instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and he began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath day, Sabbath day. So the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. But Jesus replied, my father is always working, so I am working. And so the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him. For he not only broke the Sabbath, he called God his father. I, I, I want you to be, make the connect, thereby making himself, watch this, equal with God. I, I need you to understand something. <clears throat> you know, Adam was the God of this world. Satan became the God of this world because he duped Adam and took Adam's place. You know, the Bible talks about Satan, who is the God of this world. Well, he wasn't always the God of this world. Man was the God of this world <clears throat> because man was a reflection of God. And so I need you to see what's taking place. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing and whatever the father does, the son does likewise. Notice, like father, like son, like father, like daughter. 
you know, I used to read that and think that God says that everything that Jesus was doing supernaturally, he was doing because he saw his father do it first. <clears throat> well, he saw his father do it and then he do it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so it, you know, made me think that I had to see God do it, then to do it. But no, that's not what God is saying. How many people remember we used to have this saying, WWJD? What would Jesus do? And I believe that's what Jesus was doing. He, he was doing WWWFD. What would the Father do? I believe that Jesus wasn't necessarily responding to what he was seeing the Father do immediately. He's responding to the fact that he knew what the Father would do if the Father was here. He was doing that because he knew the Father. And so he was doing what the Father would do. <clears throat> and so it reminds me a lot of times what my wife says to my son. My son is in the music industry. <clears throat> he travels to Vegas, uh, California, just, and he does a lot of music for a lot of artists, of, you know, around the country. And my, his mother always say to him, he says, don't do anything I wouldn't do. So, you know, even though we're not going to be there where he, he is in Vegas because he knows us. He knows what we would and would not do. So he now can respond to what we would do in that situation. And God is saying the same thing. You know, and that's what Jesus is saying. You know, he knew his father. And so he was just doing what he knew his father would do if his father was here. And so these were always moments of what the father would do if he was here. And it's what we would do if we had the ability to do it. And so he said, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. And, and, and it wasn't that God saying the son isn't doing anything or can't do anything. Oh, the son can't do anything. What can he do? He does what he knows that father would do if he's here. And Jesus is trying to mentor you and I in that reality that, you know, you don't have to look up and discover what God is doing in order to do something. When you know God is your father, you can do what he would do if he was here. And so he goes on in verse 19. He said, for the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing. In fact, the father will show him how to do even greater works than heal this man. And then you will be truly astonished. For just as the father gives life to those he raises from the dead, so the son gives life to anyone he wants. Somebody say like father, like son. Somebody say like father, like daughter. I'm, I'm just trying to cause you to realize <clears throat> that, you, you know, when you understand this relationship, you can do the supernatural naturally. He says, and he goes on to say, in addition, uh, the father judges no one. Instead, he has given the son absolutely authority to judge so that everyone will honor the son just as they honor the father. And anyone who does not honor the son is certainly not honoring the father who sent him. You know, Jesus never broke character. He never stepped away his assignment to reveal 
to you and I to coach us up to where he's at, to reveal the Father. Every one of Jesus' word he spoke was revealing the Father. I like what he says in John 8. He said to them in John chapter 8, verses 28 and 29, I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. He went on in verse 29. He says, and he who has sent me is with me. The Father has never left me alone, for I always, I always do those things that please him. Well, how does he do that? In other words, I'm just doing what I know my father would do that that if he was here. I need you to get a revelation. What would father do if there's somebody sick around you? What would father do if, if someone had need that was around you? I remember years ago, I was, you know, when I used to work a secular job and, and I was in my office and sitting in my seat and there was a woman groaning. She, she was just really groaning in pain. And the Lord said to me, are you gonna leave her that way? And I thought to myself, am I gonna leave her that way? You God, are you gonna leave her that way? <clears throat> and, and so I just kept doing my work and he said to me, are you gonna leave her that way? And I said to the Lord, and I didn't know what I know now, and I said, okay, what do you want me to do? And he says, I, I want you to go over there and do something about that. What is God trying to do? He's trying to reveal the father to her, but he's trying to reveal to me what he wants to be to me so that I know what I can be in this situation. And so I said to the father, I don't want, I don't know what to do. And he says, whatever you do it, do it in my name. So I walked over to this girl's desk, put her hand over, on it, and I said, "The Lord said to me that to the Lord said to to me to tell you to be healed in Jesus' name." I walked away. The woman jumped up, screamed, just started screaming, got out of the chair, ran up and down the corridor, screaming and shouting because God had healed her, <clears throat> and and it started me to understand what I'm trying to get over to you. It's, it's in understanding who he is to you that you will be who you are in every situation and circumstance. <clears throat> Jesus, that's why Jesus said so many times in John 8, verse 38, I speak what I have seen from my father. You know, in John chapter 17, <clears throat> we get to eavesdrop on Jesus in his conversation between him and his father. And he's given an account of his stewardship while on earth. And he says in verse four, I have brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Well, what did God give him to do? He gave him to reveal the father to the people. He said in verse six, I have revealed you, there it is, to the ones you have gave me from this world. They, have, they were always yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. He says, now they know that everything I have is a gift from you. For I have passed on to them the message you gave them. They accepted it and know that I came from you and they believe you sent me. 
In verse 12, he says, during my time here, I protected them by the power of your name you gave me. What is Jesus saying? I protected them by revealing to them who you are as a father. Well, you better get this. See, we, we live in a world that we don't know what is about to happen. And sometimes we find ourselves in spaces and places where we are fearful. But when you realize who he is to you, Father, what that means to you, that allows you to realize what you can be to this world. He says, I have revealed to you that God is your protection. So it doesn't matter what takes place in the world, whether we face another pandemic, whether we face something three or four or five or six times or 10 times worse, God is saying to you, he says, I have revealed to you my name <laughs> so that you know that no matter what takes place, you are under protection. All of what Jesus was doing was to show people the Father. When we read about blind Bartimaeus being healed, it was because Jesus was showing us what the Father is like. When we read the story where Jesus multiplied a two-fish two-piece fish dinner, dinner, it was because Jesus was showing you and I what the Father is like. I, I need you to get it. This is what God is like to you. <clears throat> when, when Jesus raised a widow's son from the dead, he did it because Jesus was showing what the Father is like. When we read the story about the woman caught in adultery, we need to read that story in John chapter 8. Such an amazing story. Jesus is revealing to you and I what the Father is like. And we know the story in John 8 verses 3. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, placing her in Jesus' midst. They said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now, in the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? And they said this, testing him that they might have something to charge, to bring a charge against him. But the Bible says Jesus bent down, wrote with his fingers in the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up. And he said to them, let him without sin among you be the first to cast stone. I love this story because it's showing what all of us would do if we had the power to do this. So Jesus stood up and he said to them, he without sin, let him cast the first stone. And the Bible says that Jesus stooped down again and he began to write in the stone. And, and the Bible says when he began to write in the stone, from the oldest to the youngest, they all began to leave until it was only the woman and Jesus left alone. And Jesus asked this woman a question, where are your accusers? And she said, there are none, Lord. And then Jesus said something so powerful, neither do I condemn you. Go and from now on, sin no more. You better hear me now. Jesus said, where are those that are 
condemning you. They're not here, and neither do I condemn you. See, what Jesus did for this woman is what every father, what every mother, what God wants us to do for everyone that's living under the guilt and condemnation of sin, of, of past performances in their life, that God wants us to be the people who reveal in that moment woo, that God has not come to condemn them. Jesus said it this way. He says, I didn't come in the world to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. See, Jesus didn't condone what she was doing, but he didn't condemn her for what she did. And he removed the condemnation. He removed the guilt because as long as we're living under the condemnation and the guilt of our past, we'll never be able to walk out our future. You know, your past doesn't belong to you. Your past belongs to Jesus. And your future belongs to you. Your present and your future belongs to you. So Jesus just did for her what any one of us would have done if that was our daughter, if that was our child. We would have used the power to bring restoration and healing to her life. I love that. <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> and so you, you got to understand how important that is that we realize that this relationship that 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 Jesus came to reveal to us positions us to do life supernaturally. I heard a man give a testimony that was absolutely life changing. He said that, you know, a guy that was in prison came to to live to over to his house and he was very agitated and fearful. And so he began to share the man his testimony of how God healed him. And all of a sudden he calmed down. And then when he calmed down, he, he left the man's house and he realized he'd locked his keys in his car and he began to panic because he didn't have any money to pay a locksmith to come over to unlock the door. And he said, he walked over to the car, put his hand on the door and the car opened up. Somebody say supernatural. See, we're, we're not limited to the natural. And, and that's what, what this relationship is coming to reveal to you, that, that you're not limited to life just doing things naturally. He just touched the doorknob and the door opened, and he knew it would. When you start to live that way, you're going to live things supernatural. You'll touch things. You'll say things and you know things will happen because you're living as a reflection of who he is and what you can be in any situation and circumstances. Are you hearing me? I said this before, put this in your thinking, your starting point always determines your outcome. If you start with God as your father, you already know the outcome is supernatural. Did you hear me? If you start with knowing that God is your father, you already know the outcome will be all things are possible with you. If you start with that, you, you already know that sickness and disease cannot live in your body. You know that sickness and disease can't live around you. You don't have to tolerate that. When you start with God, you already know your outcome because God has assigned an outcome to everything. 
in John chapter three, well, in John chapter, uh, yeah, and you know, we already know the outcome because God has signed an outcome. You can't be connected to God without there being an outcome. You said when something comes against you and you and God, it comes against God, and God has already assigned an outcome to everything that you may be confronted with and everything that you may deal with that's around you, that's dealing with people that are in your life. God has already signed an outcome. Say, I, there's an outcome. Here's the outcome. One, thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph. You start with God. He always, not sometimes, causes me to triumph. Thank you. In John chapter 20, um, we read an account. Jesus, Jesus has already died and he's raised from the dead. And Mary of Magdalene comes up to Jesus. We know the story. The stone is rolled out. Mary runs out there. She looks in there and she's like, oh, where's my Jesus? And she says to people who she thinks that are gardeners, but they're angels. Where's my Jesus? Where have you laid me? And Jesus is standing there. And Jesus is Mary. And all of a sudden, she realizes that he's not a gardener, that this is Jesus. And the Bible says she, she runs and she hugs Jesus. And Jesus says to her, Mary, Mary, don't do that. He says, let me go. I have not yet ascended to my father. Watch this. Your father. My God, your God. And so he, he, he tells us, Mary, you know, <laughs> you know, he, he, he's about to pronounce uh, a new season of grace is coming. They had lived under the law, but now they're about to live under the grace of God. And the grace of God is just God's provisions for you. God's provision as a father to you. And, and I have not gone to, to the father yet. And you have to let me go. And so we read that in John 20, verse 19. It says, on the evening of that day, it's powerful, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus had not many days been crucified. Uh, there, the, the disciples are fearing for their life. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. And when they, he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then, somebody say then, then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So here's what took place. Jesus, <clears throat> he walks in a building where the disciples are hiding. And the disciples are afraid, first of all, for their lives because Jesus has been crucified. And uh, they're fearing that everybody who names the name of Jesus will be murdered. And so Jesus walks to the door. They're frightened now because of that. Jesus says to them, peace. But they don't have any peace until he shows them his hand. And then they realize this is Jesus. And then Jesus says to them a second time. Peace be with you, in verse 21. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. 
as the Father has sent me, even so am I sending you. How was Jesus sent? He was sent to reveal who the Father is. You cannot reveal who the Father is if you just do it naturally. He went on in verse 22 to say, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Ghost. What Jesus was basically saying to them is what he's saying to us today. My job is now your job. What the Father sent me to do, he's now sending you to do. What's that? To reveal who the Father is. To reveal what the Father is like personally. To reveal what the Father is like relationally. To reveal what the Father is like financially. To reveal what the Father is like emotionally. To reveal what the Father is like spiritually. To reveal what the Father is like mentally. God is saying, you now are given the assignment to reveal what he is like in your personally. When people encounter you personally, you should reveal what he's like. When people encounter you relationally, when you are in a relationship, in this relationship that you're in, you should be revealing what the Father is like. Professionally, in your professional life, you should be revealing what the Father is like. In your financial life, your finances should be revealing what he's like. That is so powerful. You, you should be revealing what he is like mentally and emotionally. I love what Psalm 67 verses 1 and 2 in the English Standard Version says this. The psalmist is reading this. And this is his prayer. And this is my prayer for you. He said, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us, Selah. That, may God be gracious to us. That, may God bless us. That, your ways may be known on the earth and your saving power among all the nations. Do you know it's your responsibility to pursue the grace of God and the blessing of God? That's not an option. Why? Without God's grace on your life and without the blessing, you aren't equipped to demonstrate what he is like. We are ill-prepared as people of God, as sons of God, to demonstrate what he is like without realizing how totally devoted he is to you and I as a father. We've got to tap into the grace of God, which is God's provision. And we've got to tap into the blessing. The blessing is the empowerment God to empower you to 
to reveal who the Father is. It takes the blessing and you are blessed. And it also takes the grace of God. God's grace is God's provision for your life. And so your assignment and my assignment is a supernatural assignment. It's our assignment is to learn how to respond to God in every situation and circumstances. Our assignment is not to, to conform to this world, it, it's, it, but to be transformed by the renewing of my mind that we can prove that which is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. Well, how am I doing that? I'm proving who he is to the people in this world. I'm, I'm just like Jesus. I'm, I've come to reveal who the Father is. And we got to make sure that we're no longer living under this illusion and that we're less than who we are and that we're powerless and poor and needy people and that our Father is unable to keep us healthy without the, the support of the natural world. I know that the natural world has supplied so many things for us, medicines and even natural things. But God, when you look at the ministry of Jesus, he never provided any natural things for people to be healthy. He didn't say, well, you need to eat this herb or you need to do this and you'll be healthy. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm saying to don't live under the illusion that you need something from the physical world for you to be healthy. Come on, somebody. I want you to know that God is the provider of everything you need. And he said that to you and Peter, I have provided all things for life and godliness, but it's through the knowledge of him. So when you get this knowledge, you don't no longer need to live under the delusion that you 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 that something is missing in your life. Here's the only thing that's missing in our life: the revelation of what He is to us. When you think about all the failure that we see in the life, is a failure because of what's missing is the relationship between a father and a son a father and a daughter, a father in humanity. You know, the Bible, you know, is, is trying to make that clear to us. We see that when we look at the statistics in the world, it says 63% of all youth suicides come from youth who grow up in a fatherless home. 71% of all high school dropouts, dropouts grow up in a fatherless home. 75% of all children with behavioral disorders grow up in a fatherless home. 85% of all youth in prison grow up in a fatherless home. 90% of all runaways grow up in a fatherless home. So Jesus comes to reveal the father because there is this huge vacuum in the heart of every man for a father. And that is the solution 
to every problem. The solution for every problem was that Jesus came to reveal to us we have a father. And when we understand we have a father, we understand who we are. You can't begin to walk in your sonship, your daughtership, until you realize who your father is. We keep trying to water down who we are. You say things like, well, you know, that's Jesus and not us. But the Bible says you've been engrafted in. When you engraft another plant to another plant, you can no longer determine the other one from the first one. Why? Because the two become one. What is equally with Jesus is equally with you. And God came to reveal that with you. And he says, you have to take hold of God's grace and you've got to take home the blessing, the empower to be successful. And if you do that, you'll be able to, to demonstrate to a world in whatever moment they're in, what the Father is like to those. I want to encourage you today that you are not sick, you're not dying, you're none of those things. Yes, they may challenge you, but if you start with the word, you already know your outcome. No weapon formed against you will prosper. You understand? But if you start with the world, you'll be limited. Listen to me. I, I will say that this works in every arena of your life. It will work in your personal lives, your relational lives, your professional lives, your emotional lives, your spiritual lives, and your financial lives. Why? Because truth is transferable. Truth will work here because it's truth. It'll work over here. It'll work in your financial lives. You are not broke. Do you hear me? Truth works when it's true in every arena of life. The story of Jesus multiplying the fish is revealing to you and I what your father is like where your resources are concerned. He is a replenisher. He took that two-piece fish dinner, he lifted it up to God, and he did what? He blessed it. He empowered it. He turned around and gave it to the disciples, the two-piece fish dinner, to 12 people. And it, wasn't, it was only enough for one person. But he gave it to 12, and the 12 took that and distributed it to over 5,000 people. Are you hearing me? What kept happening? It kept replenishing. When we start to live based on who he wants to be to us, then we'll start operating based on what we can be for him and for other people while we're in the world. 
You don't have a shortage of anything. I want you to know that you have been given a mandate by Jesus. As God has sent me, I am now sending you. I pray for you now that I have challenged you. I've opened you up to the greater possibilities that exist for you. The possibility of the supernatural becoming natural for you. Listen, we cannot walk in the supernatural if we live by the wisdom of men. But when we live by the wisdom of God, we will walk in the supernatural. My assignment and your assignment is to reveal the Father. When you're out in a restaurant and a waiter doesn't treat you well, is the worst waiter you have ever had. Remember, your response is not to respond to how they treated you. Your response to them is to reveal to them what the Father is like. You better hear me now. Instead of being upset and not tipping them because they didn't do a good job. No, you're not called to respond to what they're doing. You're called to reveal to them what a father is like, even when people don't deserve it. That's being gracious and being a blessing. That's what I'm calling you to do in the most practical way in everything that you're doing personally, relationally, professionally, financially. I want you to, to respond to God. And that response is to reveal to this orphan planet that they have a father who's devoted to them, who's in love with them, and he takes care of them in the most simplest way. And when you do that, you will be doing like Jesus. Jesus was amazing. He just did what he knew his father would do if he was around. What would Jesus do? When you start living that way, you will live supernatural, naturally. I love you guys. I celebrate with you. This is a great time to be alive. This is the time that we're going to see the greater works that Jesus promised us. You have two amazing leaders who I believe is cutting a pathway for people to experience the supernatural, to experience what's possible. Here's a better way to experience who the Father is to them. I would encourage you to celebrate this time, to celebrate them, and to get busy showing this world who your father is. And again, I'm, the father is supernatural. He's, he, this, he, he, but that's natural for him because if he says something, it happens. If he does something, it'll happen. So he's trying to get you and I to live that way.
And it doesn't necessarily have to be hoorah. Jesus did a lot of things that people didn't hoorah about. He was just doing it naturally, naturally supernatural. And I love you. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Tucker. Thank you for the whole family of God there. This is going to be an outstanding year for you. God bless you. And remember, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. What an amazing word from Apostle Tony Brazelton. That is literally the perfect person to have today for this celebration. You know, Apostle Tony is one of those amazing, unique people in the body of Christ that as soon as he comes to any into any environment, he just changes the atmosphere. It's like he, he's truly a, 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 uh, a thermostat, not a thermometer, but a thermostat. He changes the atmosphere. And I, I'm so thankful uh, that he is the speaker today. And I'm thankful to have a relationship with Apostle Tony. He's, I call him Oak because he truly is a, a, a great leader and has been a blessing to me, Unissa, and our family and our ministry in media and entertainment. He has been a true blessing, a true source of inspiration and a great supporter. So to, to have that word about allowing our lives, having our lives to line up and represent God in all areas is so apropos, particularly as we celebrate a man of God and Pastor Lewis Tucker, who has done just that. Listen, none of this would be happening today without one person, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came to this earth uh, over 2000 plus years ago, and he paid the price for all of our sins. He paid the price for Pastor Tucker, the transition from thug tuck you know, or, or, or Tuck, as we call him, <laughs> or we used to call him back in the, in the day, to Pastor Tuck today. And of course, you know, my own personal life, I would not be who I am today at all. I, truth be told, forget about anything you think of me in terms of ministry or business. I'm talking about as a husband, as a father, as a man. I don't know if I'd be living today. I don't know if I, if, if I would be sick today, uh, as healthy today, it, because I was doing some things, y'all, that back then that could have got caused me some serious problems. But God and but his son, Jesus Christ, came into my life and changed everything, just like he did, Pastor Tucker, just like he did, Pastor Tony. If you ever hear his, his, his testimony, it's an amazing one as well. And But he can do the same for you. So if you are uh, being a part of this celebration today or if you just pass by here, you decide to hop in and say, what is my church? What is this all about? What is what is this Facebook, YouTube or this video stream that I'm watching this either live or on replay? What is this about? This is at the core about Jesus Christ. And if you want to accept Christ today, you can do that right now. I was talking to a brother just last week in a convenience store, and I was sharing with him. Uh, the, the, I asked him, I said, brother, I said, what you know about Jesus? And he started, he said, I know, I know something about him. He started talking. And then he said, he said, I need to rededicate. He said, I feel like I need to rededicate. And I said, brother, you don't have to wait to go to church to rededicate. You can rededicate right here, right now. And that's the same for you. All you have to do to accept Christ, to rededicate if you have already accepted him or to bring him into your life and be introduced to him right now for the very first time is simply repeat after me. And I encourage all of us to do that right now. Father God, I thank you for who you are and I know who you are. And because of that, I accept 
you and your son into my life. I accept you, Jesus Christ, as my personal Lord and Savior, and I give my life to you. I restart my life today anew, and I receive you as my personal Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have said that prayer for the very first time, we welcome you, you into the faith family. And if you are saying that prayer again and rededicating, welcome back. Truth be told, you ain't never gone, went nowhere. God was with you all the time. He was watching you every day, every moment, because he's an omnipresent God. He's always there. And he's there for you, just like he's been there for Pastor Tucker, like he's been there for me, for Apostle Tony, and many other. He is there for you. He is God. And he loves you. And he always wants nothing but the best for you. And we want the same thing for Pastor Tuck today. Uh, and I want the same thing for you. There's a little known fact that in the world, now the body of Christ knows it, but the world doesn't. And many people, they don't recognize that there's a thing called seed, time, and harvest. And it literally cannot be resisted. The, the, the enemy can't stop you. It, literally, I'm talking about seed, time, and harvest is such a phenomenal principle that anyone can operate in, and you'll see the fruits in your life truly change. You see the full manifestation and harvest uh, in your life in so many ways, and I guarantee you that you, you, it, you'll see that, that blessing in your life. So today, right now, we're going to take this opportunity and give you the opportunity to sow, give you the opportunity to give, and give you the opportunity to be a blessing to Pastor Tuck. Now, Pastor Tuck has been ministering and teaching and preaching and serving and counseling and loving and helping people in untold ways for over 20 years right now. And we want to celebrate him today with a, an appropriate seed, whatever you can do or whatever you can, can you, you feel pressed to do, whatever you would love to honor him with right now. Here's that opportunity right now on screen. You'll see the cash app. Go get on your phone and you can give right now to Pastor Tucker and celebrate his pastoral anniversary today by simply sending a cash app. You can also there's ways to give on the My Church website and there's ways to give on the My Church app. There's no excuse. And it, believe me, like I cannot stress enough just how much it is a benefit and a blessing when you give the harvest that you will receive when you truly give from your heart, when you truly give and really press in and desire to be a blessing to the man of God. So let's do that right now. Go ahead and take this opportunity and ask God what you can give, what you should give. And don't just give what you think you can do. Press, operate in faith, dig deep and be a blessing to Pastor Tuck on this day. Now, it, it, the, the word of God says that it, a man cannot be called a bishop, a leader, unless he is the husband of one wife. And if he maintains his home and his children well, his family well. Ah, boy, that, that's that that's that's a that's a deep one right there. That's serious right there. And that's a call and a challenge to many of us today. So Pastor Tuck has done just that. And we're celebrating him today and his family is going to come forth right now, right about now. Let's go ahead and welcome the ladies, the family of Pastor Tuck right now as we celebrate him on this awesome, awesome pastoral 20th celebration. Wow. 20 years. 
20 years. You know, it's amazing how it just went so quickly. Um, it doesn't feel like 20 years at all. I mean, I even tell you, um, honey, how uh, even though we've been married almost 26 years, I still feel like we're still dating and, you know, that we are still in the beginning stages of our relationship, you know. But when you received your calling to uh, pastor, you know, it happened at a time in our lives where, you know, we weren't married, but so long. And, you know, Kaya was uh, two. And I had just recently found out that I was pregnant with Courtney, you know. And I remember when you told me the emotion that just came over you. And initially I laughed to myself now, but I thought someone had died the way you were crying. <laughs> but, you know, little did I know that God truly had his hand on you. And, you know, to be honest, um, I always tell the story about a good friend of mine or a friend of mine, how she said that one day she could see me being a pastor's wife. And I looked at her like she was crazy. I was like, I ain't nobody's pastor's wife. I ain't no first lady. And the reason I said that was because a lot of the first ladies that I knew either were mistreated or they were uh, like trophy wives. And you know, that's not me. <laughs> but when I said I do to you, and when we said our vows, I felt the presence of God then. And when I look back and I think about it and, you know, think about when, um, you know, we had our children and, you know, just throughout our lives, how you have been used mightily by God. Now, yeah, I have the privilege of being your best friend. I have the awesome privilege of being your wife. But I'm so blessed to have you as my pastor. You not only wash me with the word, but you also wash your girls with the word. And, you know, teaching them what it's like to have a godly man. The fact that you wanted to get yourself together, you know, you wanted to know the word from beginning to the end, even when... I found out I was pregnant with Kaya. I mean, you literally made a transformation there um, at that moment. And, you know, again, through this process of life with you, um, it's just amazing what God has done through you. I think, um, now that I know, you know, I've know, know that I have become a better woman. Um, I know I've become a better wife. I know I've become a better mother. I know that I've become a better believer because of your leadership, your guidance, your strong talk, your, your love for not only me, but for everyone else that's attached to you. But most importantly, your love for God. And I um, 
I'm just privileged. If, if it seemed like I don't really know what words to say, it's because there's not enough time <laughs> to really share with people how much I appreciate you, how much I love you, and that the bonus is you're mine. LOL. Yeah, you mine. So one of the things I, I was looking for a shirt of my, uh, that you made for the both of us. And on that shirt, it says, one of the most favorite places to be is next to you. So one of my most favorite places to be is next to you. Now, you know, the, the, the picture that, that incorporates this verse or this saying is literally a picture that we have on our wall, you know, but it's more than just us laying beside each other in the bed every night to go to sleep. You know, one of the best places that I've been, Pastor Tuck, Tuck, <laughs> is right next to you throughout this 20-year um, process of ministry. Um, you know, we've seen and experienced the good, the bad, and the ugly. But it's all been good because you are my favorite person next to Jesus in the whole world. And I want to do life with you and continue to do life with you. And I want to continue to do ministry with you because you are one of my most favorite places. And I thank the Lord for creating you just for me. He knew what he was doing when he put us together and um, called us both to the call of ministry. I thank God for even the guidance that you've given our children and how we've, uh, you know, at times we may not have always agreed, but we were able to um, accept and uh, submit and, you know, just be um, transparent enough to say, you know, we want our girls to live a life that's so much better than what we lived. And I mean, it's just amazing. So another thing I was thinking, I said, I know it might be cheesy, but, you know, people use acronyms all the time, right? So I thought about Pastor Tuck. And of course, I have a word that goes with every letter. So P means purpose. You have such a purpose in your life, Tuck, I can't even begin to say. You've always had some significant influence over somebody's life through all your lifetime. But now that you're being used by God and you're able to reach the masses, it blows my mind how you can just strike a conversation with someone next thing you know you're ministering to them or um, the people that you've met throughout your life they see what's on you and you know that purpose that you have to make everybody better is just is beautiful a for attention now I say that because you pay attention to details that's part of your engineering trade, you know, but you also pay attention to the state of the world. 
to the state of the believer, um, to the state of the unbeliever, the state of the church. I mean, that can go on. And because you pay so much attention, you are a sharpshooter for Christ. You know exactly what areas need to be addressed, need to be um, given the straight up word with no chaser, you know. Um, you also know how to tap in to various details and resources to bring forth the word of God. Just what you've done alone from the year of 2020 to today with um, our virtual ministry is just is mind boggling. And I know that attention is, is all uh, given by God. S, supportive. Yes, you are. You are supportive to those who you care about and who you love. And even those, I've seen it where there have been people throughout your ministry or throughout our time in ministry that have mistreated you, Tuck. Have mistreated me, Tuck. <laughs> but you still have a way of being supportive, especially if they come to you because you see the Christ in them and you're able to support them. T, tenacious. I mean, you know, you don't let anything hold you back. Um, you are just um, intentional in everything that you do. O, obedient. Now, that's one, I, one thing I can say, Lewis Tucker Jr. You are an obedient man of God. Whatever the word says is what you're going to do. And if it ain't in the word, then you ain't going to do it. Plain and simple. <laughs> and because you have that obedience to God and because you have that obedience to your relationship with God and you check with God and you seek after God, it makes it so much easier for others to follow. And me being your wife, because you are obedient, all I can do is say, thank you, Lord. And I trust you. And I submit and there's nothing wrong with being submissive, but you know, we always talk about that, don't we? So you're obedient are reliable Lord Jesus. You are one reliable joker. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, I've, I've seen you <laughs> when, even when like, you know, um, Pastor Mitchell, when he lived in his parsonage and the many times that there were issues with the heat or with the air conditioner or, you know, with the, um, the, uh, electrical box, I mean, you would go there and you would literally make sure that they were taken care of. And it didn't matter if it was cold or hot, you were there. Um, you were reliable when you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. And if you don't do it right away, it will be done. That's for sure. Reliable. I think about the many times throughout the 20 years of ministry where it has been, um, it was difficult physically for you to even stand um, when you had two canes and, um, I needed to help put your shoes on and, 
you know, um, that was a, that was a season in our, in our ministry that I know it won't nothing but the Lord that brought us through, you know, but you never missed a Thursday. You never missed a Sunday. And if anybody asked for Pastor Tuck's assistance, you were there. How many pastors help refurbish an apartment, you know, so that a, a couple with their small children can move in because they were having some housing issues and dealing with degenerative disc disease the whole time? Yeah, that's reliable. Um, you know, that you've accepted various responsibilities and people know if your name is attached to it, you're going to do it. Why? Because you know how reliable God has been to us, how reliable God has been in your life. So you live that example right here on earth. Now I'm going to go to Tuck, starting at T. <laughs> Tolerant. Ooh-wee. Man, man, you've been more tolerant of stuff. And I have to laugh because there have been many a day that your wife wanted to take her earrings off, jump off the keyboard, and go to swinging in a church because they were messing with my husband. But you always carried yourself with a state of regalness, with a state of uh, confidence. And you were very tolerant um, of a lot of things. But that's because you definitely live by that scripture that talks about knowing no man after the flesh. And I've learned that throughout my time with ministry with you, how to be that way. I had a little tough time in the beginning in many years, but seeing your example of how you could love those that literally um, could, could have spat on you, you know, but you were tolerant. Why? Because you lived the reflection of Christ right here on earth. You, now I know you love this word, undaunted. <laughs> yep. One of your favorite scriptures has that word undaunted. And, you know, undaunted means unmovable, never changing, uh, not intimidated. And you are undaunted about what the word, I mean, excuse me, what the world tries to bring. Yeah. You know, the state of the world that we're in right now, people that we've seen and know and actually watch them trip and fall. You know, even after all of the warnings and all the discussions and all of the counseling and all of the training, but you still were undaunted. Meaning it didn't affect you to the point where you could have threw your hands up and said, you know what? I'm tired of folk and I'm out of here. No, you didn't do that because you know how much the word means to you. And you know that the only way to live a life that's free of stress and strife is through the word of God and having that relationship with God. And because of that, you're undaunted. C creative. Well, I mean, that, that goes to say almost every t-shirt that I own <laughs> has something that you have designed or put together. 
um, my goodness, even like, you know, when we began with the pandemic and in 2020, you know, you knew that we had to go virtual and you were creative with that. Even during the times when we were, um, in the, in the building and you, um, constantly try to do things to reach the young people. Uh, there was a event called the takeover, you know, where it was specifically for young people. You gave, uh, avenue for them to express themselves through hip hop and spoken word. Um, and honestly, in this city, I think you were one of the innovators for that. Not, I think I know, um, because it was different and it was designed differently so that you can reach people differently. And as a result of that, you know, a lot of young guys that are now grown men and have kids, golly, you know, they remember the days of when we had the takeovers and how we would chill out and laugh and just have a good time. Yeah. The kingdom lounge. How many times did we let people, um, especially remember the group, Josh and Jay. Yeah. They would come in and they would play like, you know, jazz music or, you know, just, just soothing music, um, to show their talents as we served mock cocktails. <laughs> you know, it had like a coffee shop, you know, so that people could understand that, you know, church isn't just a building. Church is also designed to have fun and fellowship. So, you know, I give praise, praise about that. You're also creative with when we had that huge black bus, that was a diesel engine that you had to plug up to make sure it was charged and the battery was charged and you know, the many days that, uh, it was hard for you to even move and something was loose or something happened. You always had a way of becoming, um, uh, what is it? MacGyver and rigging something up. And that bus did some ministry from the time that we left Lynchburg to the time that you drove all the way to, um, uh, what is it? Monroe, Virginia, I guess. Yeah. Monroe, I think. And, uh, to the job corps to pick up those young people that were there that really needed just the love and anointing of a father. And that is what you gave them. You even set up a, put in a, a sound system in that big old diesel bus. <laughs> Oh, Lord. I, I mean, I could go on and on and on about your creativity, Tuck. But, you know, when I think about the things that once you have it in your mind and you have it in your heart, y'all just have to move out the way. Because my husband, you, Pastor Tuck, are visionary and you're going to get it done with your creativity. And then with all that to being uh, being said, you know, the word again, Pastor Tuck, the final letter is K. Hmm. And all I can think about is kingdom minded. That is Pastor Lewis Tucker Jr. Kingdom minded. You will always, until you take your last breath, here on earth and transition to be with Jesus 
will speak kingdom, will teach kingdom, will believe kingdom, will move and act and respond in kingdom. We'll even minister to our daughter's husbands and our grandchildren about kingdom because kingdom has been nothing but the huge purpose for the Tucker family. And the reason for that is because you as the head of our house and then you as the pastor of my church, kingdom is all you think about. And because that's all you think about and you know how it can change one's life, you teach us and you help us to understand the word and how that word works and how to be kingdom minded and kingdom focused. And I thank God for it every day. Mm. I thank God for it. I thank the Lord for you. And I'm honored to have gone through this journey with you and the many years to come and look forward to seeing what God is going to do next. (laughs) I just go for the ride now, buddy, but I'm riding, holding on to your coattails and we're going to continue to do what God tells us to do. I love you. I love you, love you, love you. And I don't really know how many more times I can say I love you, Tuck. But I will say this. One of the most favorite places that I want to be is next to you. To do ministry, to do life, uh, just to, to have a good time through the good, the bad, everything. I want to be next to you. And I thank the Lord for choosing me to be your rib. Well, I think I've talked enough. And um, happy 20th pastoral anniversary. Love you, sweetheart. Happy anniversary, Daddy. Um, You've been a pastor for as long as Courtney's been alive. For the majority of my life. Um... And I admire you for that. Um, you know, good job keeping the faith. <laughs> um, I just want to say that I appreciate you. Um, and I'm proud of you. You know, I know that like you've had a lot of transitions in ministry within the last three years. Um, so, yeah, I'm proud of you for being obedient to God. And I'm just wishing you all of the best. Love you. Bye. Happy Pastor's Anniversary, Dad. Um, I just wanted to let you know that proud of you. You've made it basically as long as I've been uh, as long as I've been alive for 20 years in ministry as a pastor. Um, I just want to say I learned a few different things from you. I've learned how to just trust God and not only do stuff not for others, but mainly for God. You never relied on anybody, and I know for years you worked so hard, being diligent, serving other people's families marriages, spouses, children, you've been a father, you've been a brother, you've been an uncle, you've been whatever anybody has needed you to be. And although you may not get all the recognition, please know that we recognize you and we love you. And so happy anniversary. Wow. 
Talk about a supportive wife and family, which that truly is the key to ministry because it's hard to minister when you got to come home to a whole bunch of stress and mess. You you, you got to love God, love people, do the, the Lord's work and all the different facets of that, which was stuff people see and people don't see. And you got to come home to some craziness at the house. Oh, that's hard right there. So shout out to Pastor Stephanie and Kylie and Courtney for being wonderful, wonderful family and children, wife and children, and being a blessing to my brother, Pastor Tuck. I tell him sometimes, sometimes he'll be talking about something. I say, Pastor Tuck, I said, now, nah. I said, now nah, I know, I know you got some harsh and sharp opinions about this brother, this, this man right here. I say, but hey, you got a blessed situation at the house. Because <laughs> you know that makes a difference. It really does. You got a good wife and a supportive wife and great family as do I, man, it, it makes the world of difference. And so thank you again to the Tucker ladies for being a great support and being a great uh, uh, partner in ministry to your husband and to your dad. Listen, uh, Pastor Tucker has blessed so many people over the years, uh, people he, whose lives he's impacted. I really, I've literally heard so many people that have told me and talked to me personally, some stuff he he, did, he doesn't even know that people said and shared with me that he's done, um, whether that be friends, whether that be other pastors and leaders, whether that be other entertainers. I'm not the only comedian that Pastor Tuck ministered to, is a friend to, is a brother uh, to as well. I'm not the, uh, the only entrepreneur that he's blessed and he supports. One thing I'm going to say this about Pastor Tucker. One thing I love about Pastor Tuck is that not only does he support, but it's tangible support. Some people, just being honest, some people give you a pat on the black back, which is good. Or some people will give you an encouraging word, which is good also. And some people will be there in times. But sometimes it really is that tangible support, that boots on the ground support, as I call it, that truly makes a difference. And that's what Pastor Tuck is. Man, you're talking about a person who, when he finds out somebody has a new book, when he finds out somebody is launching a new business, uh, he'll, he'll pull out his card or pull out his cash app or, or go right online and support that business. I'm not, and, I'm, and I'll share this. I'm not talking about just like buying one or two uh, there's a brother who recently released a new book when Pastor Tuck found out about his book and he really got excited about his book. Again, he just picked up and literally sent me and uh, several other people on our team copies of the book. And then he brought a whole box of books for other people. That's the type of tangible support that he consistently gives. And that's a true blessing in the body of Christ. And we need more of that, quite honestly, in the body of Christ. But there's so many people whose lives he's touched over the years. And right about now, we're going to hear about hear from some of those people who he's been a, a blessing to as they come and be a blessing to him. Hello, son. Hello. We just wanted to take the time to wish you a happy anniversary. We are proud of you. And we know that in this challenging season, when you have to make pivots in the direction of your ministry, it cannot, it can be hard sometimes, mm -hmm. but you're built for the cause and you've sustained your choices again another year. And you're doing an awesome job, awesome job. We are proud of you. We're proud of your, the, your, the family. We're proud of all of you. And again, we say, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Is that how you do that? Yeah, that's how you do that. Um, happy anniversary uh, to our surrogate son, Pastor Lewis Tucker. 
uh, we are Pastor Robert and Karen Earls of St. John Baptist Church in Portsmouth, Virginia, where, um, where you will be doing our fall revival in just a couple of weeks. And so we're excited about the fact that our son is coming home uh, to share with us um, uh, through the Word of God. And we have, have the utmost confidence that you're going to be a blessing to us. Um, how have you impacted our lives? You've come in, you and Stephanie and, and the girls have come in like gangbusters, and uh, you have embraced us as your surrogate mom and dad, mom and pop, uh, which I cherish those titles uh, so much. So we're just thankful that God uh, saw fit to uh, bring our lives together. And so uh, we're going to do all that we can to be mom and pop to you until God calls us home. And so uh, having said that, uh, happy anniversary. So proud of you, man. I'm so proud of the man, the godly man that you are. Uh, so proud of what God has done uh, with you through ministry and also through our lives. So uh, happy anniversary, man. Happy anniversary to you. And we pray that God will continue to bless you. We thank you so much for all the things that you have done for us, the prayers, the gifts that sometimes, most of the time, usually surprises. Thank you for all that you do. And God bless the, each of you, the two of you, that your lives will continue to praise God and lead others to Christ. God bless you. Happy anniversary, Newt. Okay, whichever hand I'm supposed to use. Okay. Uh, I love you, man. Love you guys. Hello, my church. I want to wish a very special and happy 20th anniversary to Pastor Lewis Tucker. You are an exceptional man of God. Your integrity, your sense of purpose, your drive, you're on every platform you could think about and, and the metaverse and you've got streaming channels and you are doing the thing, man. And I'm godly proud of everything that you're accomplishing. I speak the blessing over your life and I'm thankful to God that he will return unto you uh, multiple fold the love and compassion and caring for the kingdom and your family and the body of Christ that you've poured out, that that will come back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And I'm thankful to God for your friendship, thankful to God for your ministry, of who you are in the earth, man of God. And I say to you, let's do at least 20 more, and then we'll look at 20 more after that. God bless you, sir. Thank God for you. Congratulations, Pastor Lewis Tucker, on 20 years. This 20 years represents a symbol of your journey and I praise God for it. Because through the years, you certainly have impacted the life of my children, my grandchildren, and that includes me as well. I just wanna say thank you for your level of commitment, your faith to God. And even at this time now, God is using you in a mighty way to use all of these platforms, Roku, Apple TV, Fire Stick, 
all of these things to reach the masses around the world. We're so proud of you and the journey, your faithfulness and your love. So from all of us, to you and to Pastor Stephanie and the girls, because ministry is the whole family, we say thank you. And may God bless you with another 20. See you soon. Gwen Campbell, and it's a privilege for me to pay tribute to Pastor Lewis Tucker on his 20th anniversary. I can't believe 20 years has gone by already. I've known this man of God for over 20 years, actually. I met him and his family at Greater Brookville Church. At that time, Pastor Tucker wasn't even saved when I first met him. So I was there when he got saved. I was there when he got filled with the Holy Spirit. I was there when he was licensed as a minister. I was there when he was ordained as a pastor and followed him a little bit at Union Hill Baptist Church and then on over to New Birth Kingdom Church. And at New Birth Kingdom Church, it was prophesied by his wife, Pastor Stephanie, that that church would not be able to hold him for very long. And so at that point, we were thinking, differently. We were thinking that it was going to be overrun with people, but God had another plan. So New Birth Kingdom Church was not really able to hold him. And so now it's my church and Pastor Tucker is all over the world, so to speak, on so many different platforms, giving the word of God and what a wonderful blessing that is. So the church couldn't hold him and he is in the will of God, doing the will of God. And I just speak blessings to you, Pastor Tucker. It's been wonderful knowing you and just so thankful for still the communication that we have. Love and blessings to you and your family, the girls, all of you. Love you so much. Happy 20 years of ministry, Pastor Tucker and, Pastor, and Stephanie. Pastor Stephanie. The homies. We love you so, so much. And um, wow, what an honor to know you and to be celebrating 20 years of ministry. Um, I think the word that comes to mind um, when we think of the two of you in ministry and your family in ministry um, I think would be the word resilience. Come on. Um, and I think it just been so amazing to see how resilient the two of you have been. That's right. Um, in the different seasons of ministry and the changes and transitions of ministry um, and how that resilience is grounded in your faith and in your confidence in the calling that the Lord has had over your life um, and over your family's life. And so it has just been an honor to be part of the journey to watch to sit back, to be encouraged, to receive wisdom, to be strengthened by right. um, your um, trust in the Lord mm -hmm. and um, to see you try new things and um, be resilient in spite of everything else happening around you. So we love you so much. Um, happy 20 years of ministry. Yeah, happy 20 years in ministry. Um, not only for you, Pastor Tucker, but also for you, mm -hmm. Pastor Stephanie. We just love you guys so much. Uh, what an honor it is for us to, you know what I'm saying, drop this video in. And for those who don't know, uh, 
you guys mean so much to us mm -hmm. in particular because I want you guys to know that any you know success that we have with Hill City Community Church and any other ministry connected with us we want you guys to know first mm -hmm. and foremost that that's directly tied mm -hmm. to you guys and that's directly tied to your spiritual account and so thank you for how much you've invested in us because that investment in us only allows for us to pay it forward and to invest in other people and so mm -hmm. not only is this a thank you to um, both of you guys but I want to say a special um, you know celebration to Courtney and Kaya because mm -hmm. we know now what it means to have the whole family mm -hmm. sacrifice for ministry so uh, Courtney and Kaya, we love you guys yeah, too. Amen. And we're here to celebrate you guys too. And for what you guys have poured in, we're praying in the name of Jesus that the mm -hmm. Lord would pour back into you guys 20 years worth amen. that you guys have poured out. We love you guys so love much. Love you guys. Pastor Tuck, congratulations on 20 years to both you and Pastor Stephanie. I appreciate you guys so much uh, and also the impact that you guys have had uh, in and on my life uh, since I was probably 14 or 15 years old. Uh, you guys have been there. So I definitely appreciate you both. I want to say congratulations on behalf of the Coleman household and uh, we love you. Have a good one. appreciate most about Pastor Tucker is his genuine care and concern for those that he shepherds. He genuinely wants people to have a better life. And if you encounter him, it's his goal that you leave better than you were before you encountered him. And he genuinely and sincerely desires that others have a better life. How has he impacted my life? He's impacted my life by teaching me how to work the word, not only in his preaching and teaching, but by his live example, living out the word, living out the word before the world, living what he preaches. Good evening, Pastor Tuck. Uh, this is Tuan and James. We just want to congratulate you on your 20th pastoral anniversary. Just want to let you know that um, your unwavering commitment and dedication and devotion uh, has been an inspiration to us. I personally want to express my uh, gratitude uh, for impacting uh, my life on my spiritual journey through your sermons, your teaching, um, through your guidance, uh, you definitely inspired me to dig deep into the Word of God and strive to live faithfully uh, in His Word. Um, through your words, I've gained a lot of clarity, understanding, uh, strength, and dedication to God. And you just created an environment that was comfortable for us. Um, you always was dedicated. Your door was never closed for us. You were willing um, to sit down and talk to us even after church. Um, you you stood there. You still was dedicated and willing to talk to us if we had any questions about God. You didn't you didn't act like you was in a, in a hurry or anything. You just you just took time with us, and I just want to let you know that uh, it's it's appreciated. You have definitely impacted my life. 
I've learned more about God uh, from you than I learned by any pastor that I have encountered. And I just want to extend my gratitude to you. And just to let you know that um, I love you very much. And I'm very, very grateful, very grateful for what you have done to me and for, for me. All right, thank you, Pastor Tuck, for being who you are. 20 years is a long time in ministry. I know you've been through a lot of ups and downs and turnarounds, but you had a major impact on my life, Pastor Tuck, and I really appreciate it. And, I, I, and at last, all I can say is congratulations. I hope you'll be able to do another 20 years. God bless. God bless you. Congratulations. Um, you have spent a lot of time with us. With the exception when the Cowboys played, you definitely wanted to just cut it loose. But, now nah, I'm joking. Go Cowboys. That's oh, all I can say. Super no. Bowl. Go Eagles. Go Eagles. You know, right now, it's 110 degrees outside in Texas. But you know what? I'm not hot. Because you know who I'm rolling with? Cool Tuck. That's who. Listen, I'm a better man because of you, Pastor Tuck. You know, my library is a better library because of a Pastor Tuck. My family is a better family with Pastor Tuck. You know the best way they say to jump out of a moving vehicle? That's the tuck and roll. And guess what? I got Pastor Tuck and I'm rolling, baby. Hey, Pastor Tuck, it's your girl Donna J. And you know I couldn't let today go by without wishing you a wonderful pastoral anniversary. 20 years, 20 years. You know, I, I decided to go back and see what was happening 20 years ago. Uh, pretty much everyone had a Nokia, you know. Uh, MP3 players were all the rage. Two liter bottle of Coke was 89 cents. 89 cents, Pastor Tuck. And you accepted your role in the kingdom as a pastor. Thank you so much for doing that. Congratulations on this momentous day. And we're just going to keep praying for you that you keep getting better and better each and every day. Thank you. God bless and congratulations. What up, folks? Pastor Tuck, Pastor Stephanie, Courtney, Kai, what's up? What's up? Listen, I know this your day. Shout out to you. Listen, this is why I appreciate you and how you've impacted me in my life. First of starters, okay, you're a Cowboys fan. I have learned to have patience and deal with folks who don't seem to have the same quality of taste that I do in the Raiders that you do for the Cowboys. How you do? No, I'm just teasing. Listen, no, for real. Pass the tuck. Man, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, sir. You've always had my back. I appreciate the timing. You always have the right timing. Right when I'm going through something tough in life, I'll get that text or that call like, hey, Ransford, you know, something crossed my mind and I appreciate you always looking out for a brother, giving a positive word, prayers. Man, I, you don't understand, Pastor Tuck. Thank you for having my back. Always supporting, giving the brother a shout out. And you've impacted me in so many ways. You're my pastoral counselor, okay? Real talk. Anytime I'm going through a tough time, it's like you 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 talk to me. You know, you 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 pray for a brother. You always just looking out for me. So 
hands down, man, I'm grateful that you're in my life. You are a blessing. I thank God for you and your family. Just watching your kids grow, just everything, all the blessings, just continued success in all that you do, Pastor Tuck. You are an awesome man, a good man. And I, I got nothing but love for you and your family. Congratulations, all right? Nothing but love. This is Ransford. Peace. I'm out, brother. My brother, my brother, happy 20th pastoral anniversary. That is a huge milestone, my friend. I am proud of you. I appreciate you. I appreciate the times you've been sowing into my seed, blessing me to be around you and your beautiful family. You all are my family. And I just want this day to be great for you. There was no way I was going to miss this day. So I had to sit down and take a moment just to wish you a happy pastoral anniversary. You are blessed. You are a man of God. And I love you and enjoy your day. And I'm looking for the next 20 years. Love you, brother. Happy 20 years. Uh, Pastor Tuck, we just wanted to stop by with you today and celebrate on your 20th pastoral anniversary. We are, you know, super grateful for what God is doing in your life and thankful for you for how you have impacted not only us, but so many people in the community and, you know, with your leadership and your wise counsel. Um, we're praying and, you know, asking God and receiving it now for 20 more years in the ministry and yes. even more than that. Because your gift that you have and your power and your wisdom that you have through Christ Jesus, you know, it is reaching so many souls. And so today we celebrate that. Yes. So happy pastoral anniversary. We love you, your love son you. and your daughter. Hey, Pastor Tucker. Um, happy 20th um, pastoral anniversary. Um, just wanted to take this opportunity to just Thank you for all the wonderful things that you um, have done for me and my family. Um, just imparting wisdom on me from when I was young and in college and then just, you know, setting a godly example of how a, a man should um, run his household, treat his wife and his kids. And I just um, value that so much and value our friendship. Thank you so much for all that you do. I love you. And I hope to see you soon. Bye. All the way from Buffalo, New York. Happy anniversary to Pastor Lewis and Stephanie Tuck from the Washingtons. Hey, and I just wanted to say um, how Pastor Tuck has impacted my life and that has extended to my family's life as well. He's been the most consistent man that I have ever met. And he has always led by an example. And he has always corrected me <laughs> when I need a correction. <laughs> That's awesome, babe. Yeah, so. May God bless you all with many more. Yes, and we love y'all from the Washington. Hey, congratulations, Pastor Tuck, on your anniversary. May God bless you. I just want to take some time to wish you uh, many more years to come. Years of favor, years of blessing. You've been an awesome brother. We've only known each other a short period of time, but the Lord has joined us together to do something that we could not do apart. So I'm looking forward to celebrating with you for many more years to come. I send you wishes of blessings, favor, and grace to you this day, you and your wife and your ministry. And I declare the best of God be poured out upon you this day. I love you. I thank God for you. 
and I look forward to seeing you soon. God bless you. Celebrate and celebrate well. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Congratulations, Pastor Tuck. For 20 years, you have served in the ministry. I want to take this opportunity to thank our almighty God for giving a servant like you. It is very rare to find a person who does something consistently and with dedication. You are an example of the way, the truth, and the light here on earth. And we thank you for your discipline and all your teaching to many others. We thank you for serving so many people for 20 years. 20 years is a long time to do anything. We honor your prayers, your diligence, and your commitments to my church and the community. We pray that God will continue to surround you with people who value and encourage you and appreciate you as well. We celebrate you and we pray for your continued grace. And from me personally, I'm wishing you a lifetime of God's blessing. May your life be filled with many joyful moments. You have provided constant inspiration to me. You have brought comfort in times of my pain and good counsel in times of my need. I am thankful for your years of faithful service. Congratulations on your anniversary and many, many more. Congratulations, Pastor Lewis Tucker, on 20 years of pastoral care. Thank you so very much for being a supportive, doting, loving, kind husband to my sister, Pastor Stephanie, for all these years. Your ex extraordinary example of labor, of love, has given me so much strength and encouragement to know that love is patient, love is kind, and love is enduring. And thank you so much for all of your support to your loving daughters all these years. We thank you so very much and we love you and congratulations. To my brother on his 20th anniversary, Bro, uh, we've been riding for a very long time. Everything that you've gone through in life, everything that I've gone through in life, we shared back and forth. We've always been there to support each other and that never changes. The things that we bled through, you know what I'm talking about. And the things that we've uh, endured. And it's been a great ride and it continues to be. As much as I learn from you, and likewise you say the same, we continue to put stuff on the table and pass it back and forth. But the one thing that remains is the only thing that we don't see eye to eye on. Now, that's what family is all about. That's what the brotherhood is all about. That's what, when you fall short, I got you and pick you up. When I fall short, you do the same. But back to my point. This thing tonight at 820, we'll see you then. And then right afterwards, we'll be back together, bonding and nuking it up as we don't normally do. But seriously, Tuck, I love you, bro. Congratulations. Continue to be the God-fearing man that God has blessed you to be. 
and continue to walk in that faith, in the faith. Love you, bro. Wow. What an amazing group of folks who have come to celebrate my brother and my friend and who is a friend, a leader, a, a brother, a mentor, a supporter, a teacher, a preacher uh, to so many. And uh, it, it truly, truly blessed me to be able to hear and see those words of acknowledgement on today. Listen. I hope you've enjoyed your time with us as we celebrate my brother, my friend, Pastor Lewis Tucker on his 20th year pastoral anniversary. That's a long time, y'all. That's a long time. That's a lot of time that you can guarantee some folks made him upset. So a lot of time of serving people, a lot of time of doing those, 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 those intangibles that oftentimes pastors do that people don't see. Let me just say this right here as I honor Pastor Tucker and honor uh, all men and women of God who preach and teach the word of God. When you get that opportunity, tell your pastor, thank you. Whether it's, anniversary time, pastoral celebration time, whether it's a holiday or it's birthday, or just because it's Monday, tell your pastor thank you. Because oftentimes leaders, those who preach and teach the word of God, they go forth and they do a lot of work and they do a lot of kingdom. They carry out kingdom responsibilities with little fanfare or recognition at all. Of course, all things they do as unto the Lord, but it does feel good when the people whom you serve or people who watch you serve, stop and give you an encouraging word. Everybody needs an encouraging word, even your pastor. Those who you pull on and lean on need an encouraging word too. So we're here to encourage Pastor Tuck. My brother, my friend, you know I love you. And uh, he's he's a friend. He's my brother. He's my cut-up buddy. Sometimes, sometimes we cut up. You, you need that. And, and pastors need that too. You need somebody who you can just cut up with sometimes. And I appreciate uh, him being that for me and me being that for him. So today we celebrate Pastor Lewis Tucker, 20 years. And we got, I speak over you uh, 60 more years. Go ahead and get 60 more years of just uh, 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 preaching, teaching, celebrating folks. He probably, I can see him right here. Oh, no, 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 no. Go ahead and get it. Go ahead and get 60 more and, 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 and serve and preach and teach the word. And we are celebrating him on today. Hey, family, it's your brother. I can tune day. I'm bald head brother number one in, in, in your phone. And because uh, I'm always in the A's. <laughs> Listen, we love y'all. We thank we thank y'all. And thank you for spending time with us as we celebrate my friend. All right. I'm going to see y'all when I see y'all. Peace. Wow, uh, man! I just first, man. I I, I want to thank you once again, man, for hosting today. I want to thank everybody who sent in their acknowledgments. Thank Pastor Tony, man, for that awesome, awesome revelation, man. That reminds us, charges us, man, that we have an assignment to reveal God to the world. Man, that's 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 a blessing. I want to thank my wife once again, my children, for serving in ministry with me, all the My Church family and leaders, but especially all of those of you who sent in videos, those of you who didn't have opportunity to, but all of those who sown gifts, seeds of honor and love, and all of those of you who've just blessed me over the years, I just want to thank you because you just don't know what it means to Pastor Stephanie and I to just show your love and support to help us continue to do what God's called us to do. 
This has been an awesome and blessed 20 years of ministry. And we look forward to the next 20 years. We're doing this a little different. We're in a brand new place. But we're continuing to follow the same God. And we're so excited about what he's doing with us and through us. God bless you today. I love you. And we will see you again real soon. God bless you. At My Church, we help people get better by teaching them how the Word works. And we want to make sure there is no excuse not to get the Word. It's our goal to make all of our ministries accessible on every smartphone, tablet, PC, and television connected to the Internet. So whether you're a man who needs some wisdom, a woman who needs some encouragement, or a couple who needs guidance, the My Church channel has just what you need. Simply search for the My Church channel on Roku, Firestick, or Apple TV, or visit MyChurchChannel.org. You can also download the My Church On The Go app from Apple or Google Play App Store. Constantly on the move? Check out the Word At My Church podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Or simply download the Word At My Church skill on your Alexa-enabled device. But whatever you do, make sure to stay connected. See you soon.